Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Halloween spirit alive. 31 days this month in October. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony, and I have been looking forward to this all day and this Mm -hmm. month for the past few weeks since we decided to do it after listeners requested it. Mm -hmm. See, people, somewhere in America, your vote does count. Your voice matters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even if it is something as inconsequential as three Christmas nerds on the interwebs. Talk, three Christmas nerds talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. We are talking you know about what? Halloween. It's good because, you know, four years in, <laughs> if we could save ourselves four weeks of the year from talking about probably really crappy Christmas movies on four. I just have, I have so much stuff to add to the calendar for next year. It's not even funny, y'all. Really? Isn't that, isn't it funny how that works? Like we, every year we think, oh, we're running out and then the calendar fills up so freaking quick. That's awesome though. What, what yeah. what's on, what off the top of your head, what do you want to add? There's so many shows that we haven't done yet. We've got Bob's Burgers to add. We've got... Sabrina the Teenage Witch to add. Oh, yeah. So two. No, I have more. I'm just really (laughs) frustrated with my computer situation right now. (laughs) Guys, today was the most Monday of Mondays. So I'm kind of glad we switched at least temporarily to Mondays because it gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, I am not hating a Monday night. It's a good way to start the week. It is. But then it's almost like a longer wait till next week, even though I know it doesn't work out that way math-wise, but you know what I mean. It's still, it does, but it does. Because math is yep. stupid and not a person Math is hard. hard. Math is hard. <laughs> How was your weekend, guys and girls? Mine was good. We had a marching band competition all day Saturday, and I finally got to see my kids perform in uniform, and it was great and wonderful and awesome. So can I tell you a funny story about that? You yeah. like your kids doing that? Sure. <laughs> because I saw on Instagram, because I follow your daughter on Instagram, she yeah, posted a picture of... She posted a picture of her and all her friends in the marching band uniform. But while you're scrolling through Instagram fast, I thought to myself, whoa, did she go to like some kind of like Deadpool, like cosplaying thing? Because they looked very Deadpool, the uniform. (laughs) Yeah, the colors. Yeah. That's true. That's valid. Then I I clicked on it. I was like, oh, it was marching band, which makes 20 (laughs) times more sense. But like (laughs) when I was scrolling through, I was like, oh, wow, some Deadpool. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that so much. So yeah, make sure you tell her that. I will definitely tell her that. <laughs> and then so get funny. mad at her for knowing about Deadpool. <laughs> she doesn't though. I mean, she's I don't think she's seen it, but that's she probably knows who the like character said, is. Tell her that's what Anthony thought, and then when she knows who Deadpool is, then get mad. Oh, I see. <laughs> See what it's I'm so saying? funny. I never thought about the colors being the same. So close. And like even the striping and the. But, but because it was like a group picture, you know, yeah. how they're all like kind of all over the place. There were some yeah. girls up front kind of lying on their side, like the Deadpool poster. I was like, yes, oh my God, it's like no, a Deadpool. Right. Com- it's totally accurate. <laughs> it's totally accurate. That's funny. But, but that's awesome. How did they do? Uh, well, it was the marching competition we put on for other for seventeen other bands. So we just perform an exhibition. We don't compete, um, but they did outstanding, and it was just exciting to see them. It's good. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And I watched time? Midnight Mass, so my weekend was great. Oh man, I mean, I have so much to say about that, but. We need to reserve a whole episode for that because yep. it deserves it. Yep. In the Halloween season, we need to hit Nightmare I, I will Patreon. I will say, though, for sure, it, if anyone's listening to this and you loved Hill House and Bly Manor, this is very different, but just as good as Mike Flanagan's other shows. So drop what you're doing after this episode finishes playing <laughs> and go watch immediately. <laughs> How was your weekend, Tom? It was good. It was good. We did some decorating for fall and Halloween at our house. We cleaned a bunch of stuff out of our garage, which enabled me to move a bunch of kitchen stuff into shelving in the garage. And uh, yeah, got did some fall organizing around the house, which is always a fun feeling. It is. Fall cleaning and organizing is much more fun than spring cleaning. I like both. I I just like getting things in in order. And it looks like I'm in first place for the Christmas podcast fantasy football now. Uh, I went to the Renaissance Fair over the weekend. That was fun. You posted some cool pictures. Yes. Looks very neat. Always fun. Yeah. And Sarah, my mother, went wedding dress shopping with my sister, and she said yes to the dress. So, (gasps) Did she really... Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I love wedding dresses. Yeah. So. Fun stuff. You know what else is fun stuff? What? I don't know if Julia will agree with this, but yes, I know what else is fun stuff. Uh, the D- Disney movie Halloween Town, which we are discussing tonight. And I am so excited about first of all let's go ahead and get our synopsis out of the way this is a 1998 made for tv movie starring debbie reynolds and kimberly j brown in this movie three siblings who have always presumed they are mortals, suddenly learn that not only are they from a long line of witches, the Cromwell family, but that there is an entire other realm that exists 
that they can visit with a town called Halloween Town, where it is Halloween all the time. But something is afoot, and all of the residents of Halloween Town are in jeopardy as one man seeks to take over the mortal realm. Can the power of the Cromwell witches keep the mortal realm safe? So, I would like for us to begin by telling our histories, as we always do. And since I think I'm going to like Anthony's more, let's get Julia's out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Halloween Town. Um, Given it came out in 98, would have been when I was still under the rule of my mother's home. And as this had to do with warlocks and witches and demon adjacent characters, I was probably not allowed to watch it, which means I've seen it sparingly and broken up as an adult. And I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety until today where I watched it for the podcast. So that's my background. Anthony, how about you? First of all, let me just say, Tom, I always find it unsettling when you and I are closer in agreement than either of us and Julia. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. But in this case, I feel really good about it. This came out in 98. Um, so the, I was prime age for this. This came out in the heyday of Disney Channel original movies. Like the heyday. With Actually, some of the more... this was the third or fourth Disney made for TV movie it was very early in the Disney in the Disney movies career. No, it so kind of, yeah, it kind of set a precedence for future movies. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. That's very interesting um, because when I refer to the heyday, I refer to the movies of this quality and not the original content they put out nowadays, which are a little more sanitized. But you all know my feeling on Disney nowadays. <laughs> Although watching this, this was very sanitized. But anyway, 98, <laughs> I was a prime age for this movie. I loved Hocus Pocus at the time already. So I was really excited for this. This is back when I loved Halloween as much as Christmas. And I loved it. I mean, this movie is, I have so much nostalgia for this movie. And I used to watch it every year. It's been a few years since I watched it until tonight when I watch it again for the show. And the minute it came on, like, I found myself grinning ear to ear the whole time watching it. Although I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if I saw it for the first time now, if I would like it as much without that nostalgia. Because watching it with a critical eye, there's one or two things I would change. But... I think the nostalgia keeps it propped up as this like glorious piece of Halloween content for me. So like they're nitpicks, but I, I do wonder if I had just seen it for the first time now, if I'd be a little harsher on it, but I, I love it. I love the whole series until uh, they recast just about everyone. So. I love this show. I always have. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but this has been part of my Halloween canon for decades And it took years of wearing down on Christine, but now I think she has developed some nostalgia for it because she loves it too. She did not like it at first or second or probably 32nd, but she came around. Um, Yeah. And I absolutely love it. 
So you got her to love it by wearing her down. Yes, yes. That's the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, well, let's go through the cast and crew. This movie, as we said, came out from Disney. It is uh, was one of the first Disney movies to be made just for television. The movie was uh, written by uh, Paul Burnham. Chances are you don't know him from movies that none of us have ever seen. Uh, but he did do stuff like uh, he had a couple of episodes on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Baywatch Nights, 21 Jump Street. And he just sort of, uh, he took a, a decent break from 2007 until, I guess, now where he's got two things in pre-production. So, welcome back, Paul. Our director is Dwayne Dunham. Dwayne Dunham Dwayne. was was a director on one of, on a TV show that has a lot of nostalgia and love from people on, the, on this podcast, Twin Peaks. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, that was where he got started. He also directed Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Another. Oh. Yeah. Did a couple of episodes of Seventh Heaven and Jag. He has a TV movie called Santa and Pete, Ready to Run. And he did two episodes of The Clone Wars. So Santa and Pete, as in Santa, Santa and, and Pete. Pete, we covered. Yeah, with James Earl Jones. Oh, yes, that one. Okay. So we've already covered Dwayne Dunham. (laughs) (laughs) Most notably in this movie, and the first person who was booked to star in this movie was Debbie Reynolds, playing Mm -hmm. the family matriarch, sort of. Aggie. I mean, she is definitely the family matriarch, right? She is, but she doesn't have that authority early on, right? Because... Her daughter kind of usurped that matriarchal role and is now. Yeah. She becomes the matriarch again. Anyway, Debbie Reynolds, who plays Aggie. And just so y'all know, the name Aggie comes from her late friend, her close late friend, Agnes Moorhead, who was the magical grandmother on Bewitched. They named Agnes, they named Aggie after her. As an homage to her and good night. How far back can we go for Debbie Reynolds? Probably, I think she's mostly known for singing in the rain, right? Probably. That's her biggest movie. She's also very known for giving birth to Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, did Debbie Reynolds outlast Carrie Fisher? Yes. Yeah, okay. she buried her daughter. Okay. Yep. Yes. That's sad. She had her own TV show in the late 60s and 70s called The Debbie Reynolds Show. She was the voice of Charlotte from the Charlotte's Web that we all grew up on. Mm-hmm. She was, she was the... up for the role of Mary Poppins and lost out to Julie Andrews, but that's why they had her jump from the bus with the umbrella and the magical Mary Poppins bag as homage to that role. And Julie Andrews was considered for the role of Aggie here, but Debbie Reynolds was selected instead. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. She was a voice in the TV movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. She played Mrs. Claus, Mitzi, Rudolph's mother, and Mrs. Prancer, the school teacher. 
She's been the voice of Lulu Pickles and Lulu Johnston in Rugrats. She was on Will and Grace, Kim Possible. And unfortunately, we lost Debbie Reynolds five years ago, right after Christmas. I mean, she's one of these old school Hollywood royalty elite, right? I'm going to ask the stupidest question I think has ever been asked on here. Are we Debbie Reynolds fans? A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I love Debbie Reynolds. Me too. Aggie Cromwell's granddaughter, Marnie Piper, is played by Kimberly J. Brown, who is most known for her role here in Halloween Town. She was on the Babysitter's Club back in the day. She was a voice in Christmas in Cartoon Town. She was in Vampire Princess Mayu TV series. She was also in the Disney Channel original movie from back in the heyday as well, Quince, which I loved that one as well. Hmm. Yep. She was in the, in the first couple of, of sequels to this movie before they recast and killed the franchise. Uh, she was on oh, she... both Guiding Light and General Hospital. And now she has an Etsy shop. She does. She's on. She's currently on General Hospital, I guess. Like hmm. this year. Oh wow, she sure yeah, is. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, not really, because I know nothing about General Hospital whatsoever. <laughs> All I know about General Hospital is my mother watched it. And I would catch episodes now and then and then be away in college for like months and then come back and catch an episode and the same plot line was going on and I could pick it up like that. Yes. You would you would see some of it on Christmas break and come back for summer break and nothing happened. And nothing happened. They're still talking about the same murder or the same possession or the same arrest. And yeah, it's the same yeah. affair. Well, there was a chance that there was a, an evil twin introduced who wore an eye patch. <laughs> or you put somebody's brain in another in a doctor's comatose body. And, uh... Good night. This was terrible. This was that, that those soap operas are just were just terrible. My great grandmother watched them. Uh, Judith Hogg plays Marnie's mother and Aggie's daughter, Gwen Cromwell Piper. Judith Hogg missed the premiere of one of her other movies. She was in Armageddon and missed the premiere to film this. She has had a lot of roles as well over the years. She was in a TV show in the late 80s, early 90s called Wolf. She had a one-off on a lot of TV shows that we grew up with, like Roseanne and Melrose Place, Quantum Leap, Murder, She Wrote, Mad About You, Nash Bridges. April O'Neil and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies from the 90s. Oh my 90s. gosh, that's where... That's where you know That's her from. That's where I knew her from. Yep. Right there. Yep. That's it. And then more recently, she's been um, on the TV show Nashville and The Magicians having a recurring role. She and was in DC Noir. She was only six. She is only 16 years older than Kimberly J. Brown. So. Wow. That's. More of a difference than uh, my mom and I have between us, so it works. Oh, it, it totally works. I'm just saying, like, yeah. Interesting her, tidbit. Her son, Dylan, one of the most insufferable 
characters in made-for-TV <laughs> movies that I can think what? of. What? He was hilarious. Joey Zimmerman. I could not stand this kid. He I, can I say? I was going to say now about the child actors. I actually liked two of the three of them. That's all I'm going to say right now. We know which one you didn't like. And you he was like one Jay of the Brown. ones you liked? He was one of the ones I liked. I didn't. I didn't. I thought out of the three of them, Marnie was the worst. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm still Tom. It's nothing against the movie. I still love the I movie. I know he played a younger version of a character who would grow up to become a not so great person on that '70s show. He played Young Hyde. We all know how that went for Danny Matherson. He's also. Oh. Yeah, but he hasn't really done a whole lot of other stuff, honestly. So, the little sister, Sophie Piper, who I would probably the, come to blows with Anthony if he had things to say about her as a bad child actress. Uh, she's the best one in this movie out of the kids, 100%. And the cuteness helps with it. So, I really like this actress. Uh, she has, she stopped acting. Just. Huh up and stopped after she did Halloween Town High. So she was in the Halloween movies, a little girl, small role on Three Ninjas, and was a one-time appearance on ER. And other than that, she has done nothing else in Hollywood. She retired on top. Instead of acting, she took up mixed martial arts. She's a third-degree black belt. And for a while, she was ranked number one in the country. MMA coaches or just martial arts? Mixed martial arts. Huh. According wow. to this article, but it looks like it's just the martial arts championship. Um, Seems surely different. it's not mixed martial arts. That's what the article says, but it can't be right. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but she teaches now and is a personal trainer. So good for her. That's amazing. Yeah, she followed her dream. There are really only two other people worth mentioning, I think, in here. One is Philip Van Dyke, who plays Luke, our one of our antagonists throughout the film. Cool guy Luke, who is standing on the corner with a lollipop. Yep. Cool guy. Luke. Mm, <laughs> Luke started his career on a TV show in the 90s called Family Album. He had a couple appearances on Step by Step. Was on the TV show the the Home Court. He voiced Arnold in Hey Arnold for two seasons. He's young Christopher and Gilmore Girls. Noah knows best. Ooh, hey, and Boston Public, and he also is no longer acting. I liked Boston Public. Although now it says he does stunts. Is he, still doing <gasps> he was in an episode of Sliders uh, and side... the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Oh my gosh, y'all remember that show? I don't know show? what that is. I have no idea what it is. Oh, it had, um, it had our favorite Bruce Campbell in it. Have you never seen? He's a bounty hunter who had like all these. It was like a science fiction western. And he no, had. I never saw it. Like, oh man, Wait, I got to figure out where that's streaming. That was a great show. Because it's Bruce Campbell, and then it's Bruce Campbell as a bounty hunter in the Wild West, but it's Bruce Campbell 
as a bounty hunter in the Wild West with futuristic tools and time travel and like so cool. Bruce Campbell is starring in a Halloween, uh, not Halloween, a Christmas movie this year called Black Friday. But it's like a horror comedy where <laughs> and uh, it okay, I mean, it's Bruce Campbell. I'm sure it'll be very that's funny. Bruce. That's Bruce Campbell's All right. genre. That's his niche. Yeah. But Philip Van Dyke has alluded to the fact that he'd be happy to come back for a new Halloween town or a Halloween town reboot. So could that's that be Calabar, a Calabar, right? No, that's oh, Luke. sorry. Okay, I got you. Sorry, my bad. No, but Calabar is the last person we're going to talk about, and that is Robin Thomas, who learned a little sleight of hand magic for this role. Hmm. And Robin Thomas has a long career, uh, he's done quite a bit. He was on the TV show Another World, he was on Who's the Boss recurring role on. Matlock on the TV show Mr. President. Um, he had a recurring role on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which we just covered, as Greg's hey. dad. He was on Murphy Brown. I, who wasn't on Murphy Brown? I was not on Murphy Brown. <laughs> you might be the only one given all those cameos at the end of each episode. That was like the voices on Frasier, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's on The Division, on Queer as Folk, Recurring Roles, Life Unexpected, Cleaners. He had a couple of appearances on Fuller House. He was on the TV show Zoo. I think he got killed on Zoo, if I'm not mistaken. He got eaten by animals, right? And Mystery 101. Isn't that how most people die on that show? (laughs) That's probably did not need to... um, I probably did not need to hit to, 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 I'm going to take that out. I can't talk words English today. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, the movie. Wait, no, 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 no. I think there's one more person worth mentioning. Who? Who? Uh, Reno guy? Romano please does the voice of Benny, the skeleton taxi driver, who I loved Benny as a kid. Hmm. We all loved Benny. Even still do. I don't like it when Benny becomes a real person, though. That's creepy. Yes. Benny was a robot and a beloved prop on the show. Hmm. Anyway, so Halloween Town is filmed in St. Helens, Oregon. If you ever want to go, they have a month-long Spirit of Halloween Town celebration every October. Where you can come explore the town, they recreate parts of the set, and you can even stay in the Cromwell home. That's super well, cool. Didn't the movie gift them the giant pumpkin, the jack o' lantern, for their? They town do have square? that in the town for, and they bring that out in at uh, in um in October. That's awesome. The only people who appeared in all of the Halloween Town movies are Debbie Reynolds, Judith, and Judith Hogg, and Zoe Zimmerman. Who played Joey Zimmerman? Who played Dylan? Um, the rest of them were not did not come back for all of them. So, I'm really sad when I was learning about this that there was one role they had. Jim Becker was supposed to play the ice cream shop Yeti, but they ended up not doing the the whole Yeti. I thought it'd be really funny to have an ice cream shop that was run by a Yeti. So mm-hmm. our movie opens up Halloween night. Marnie is trying to go out with her friends 
as any normal teenager would want to do, go celebrate Halloween, have fun. And mom is being a total parent. Now I have to admit my perception of this dynamic between Marnie and her mom has changed dramatically now that I have my own daughter. <laughs> and Marnie is much brattier than I remembered her being now. Yeah. She's that. definitely bratty, but at the same time watching it now, it is obvious that the mother has a thing like against Halloween. It's not her daughter. She just does not like Halloween. Right. So she really wants to go out for Halloween. Mom says no. They end up getting to a fight. She she brings up the fact that her mother is neglecting their younger sister, Sophie, and not letting her have a normal experience that children are supposed to have. And so I was banned from watching this one year as a child. Why? Were you because you were brown? I, I used Marnie's argument against my parents and they wouldn't let me out one year and told them you're just trying to keep us in a bubble. Like that whole quote, I just quoted it back to them. And I was not allowed to watch it that year. I wasn't wow. even like near 13 years old. I was a lot younger. I just quoted the argument back to them. And yeah. Wow. Did you learn your lesson? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the year. Oh, my gosh. So, quick question. So, she didn't want them to trick or treat because she didn't want to encourage any Halloween activity in her house? Or was there something magical about the night of Halloween? I missed that part. That might have been The night of Halloween, that's when the bus and all of them can cross over for that night. Like, Grandma can visit once a year. Yeah. Oh, and she just thought they'd randomly see some bus and then get on it randomly and head to Halloween Town and not know what was going on. Well, well I think I, she they Yep, go on, Tom. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I think that plus I think she wants them to think this stuff is ridiculous and not take a chance of them believing in any of this. You know what I mean? Right. Plus yes. I think there's okay. a certain amount of um a certain you know, a certain amount of like, quote unquote, I think she's worried about them. There's a certain danger, right? Like when grandma visits, she has some hang garlic on the door so vampires don't come. They don't, yeah. you know, they don't really like uh, lean into that because it's a kitty movie. But I think mom's worried about all of that, all of those things combined. Okay. And mom hates everything otherworldly in this. Everything otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Except Calabar. But we'll get to him. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't love him enough. Hey, she you know what? Him for a mortal. If you marry him, I'm not going to call him dad. <laughs> Speaking of bratty things, or say. <laughs> so, out of seemingly nowhere, Grandma shows up. Grandma Aggie. Mm-hmm. The kids weren't expecting her. They haven't seen her for a long time. I would say probably a year. That seems and, like a safe. Yeah, I, I think they only yeah. see her once a year. She shows up and is everything that mom does not want, right? She brings costumes. She brings candy. She brings decorations. But potentially most and most importantly, she brings a book, right? Julia, do you want to tell us about the book and story and story time for some reason grandma's doing with her 13-year-old granddaughter? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, this is kind of weird. So she has a book <laughs> and it's just called Halloween Town, right? Or trip it to is. Halloween Town or journey to Halloween Town, something like Halloween that. Halloween Town. Yeah. I mean, it's her sneaky what? little way of telling the story of 
what's happening without actually it's like her it's the old grandparent two-step right the way they get around mom's Mom's rules for their grandkids and um the illustrations just look shockingly similar to the real life human beings i.e marnie and so she tells the story of this place called halloween town with these fantastical creatures where monsters are monsters but they're also like just regular people too with feelings and how amazing and fascinating and wonderful does this town sound? Oh, and by the way, that bitch looks just like you, Marnie. I, I think it's important to note, by the way, she didn't like, I don't think she brought this book with them. Mom told her, don't tell them anything. I think she magicked it out in the moment. I don't think well, she I think had she this book too. pre-planned. Yeah. Right. I I, that's how I got it. it as well. That was her way around it. Yep. Because it was fine if she told a story. They can intuit their own. Yeah. But they're like, oh, she looks just like you. But really, it's a very simple drawing. It is. Yeah, it could have been any brunette. (laughs) It could have. So it felt that felt very. Did anyone feel bad for like, I mean, I know you're supposed to. I know like as a parent, like you guys are parents. I'm not yet. Like it probably ultimately. Ultra frustrating when grandma and grandpa tried to do the two step around you guys, right? Yeah, Obviously, every but but I felt bad for Aggie the way her daughter talked to her. Like you know what, you... <laughs> I I just I just did like in that scene in the kitchen when she was yelling at her for what she was doing and like mm-hmm. you know just go home. And I just I did feel bad for her. I always loved Aggie. I wanted a grandma like I mean I love my grandmothers, but I thought it would have been so cool to have a grandmother like Aggie as a kid. I would usually oh, yeah, agree I mean, with Debbie Reynolds. She's wonderful. Yep. I would usually disagree she... with you, Aunt. Mm, sorry, go ahead, Anthony. I and I just wanted to say, yeah, she's wonderful, and she seems to be having the time of her life playing the role. I think when you're a serious, established actress like Bette Midler as Winifred, right? Like you went to every once in a while, you just look forward to doing something ultra ridiculous for you and doing something out of your wheelhouse. Yeah. Speaking of Winifred, my sister's birthday is tomorrow and I got her a mug, like a, a portable coffee mug that has a picture of Winifred and it says 100% that witch. And I got her the matching <laughs> sticker for her laptop because uh, Hocus Pocus uh, is my sister's favorite movie. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, I would usually disagree with you, Anthony, about grandparents uh, or agree with you about grandparents overstepping. Um, And that would usually be a problem for me. But I hate to admit that I actually side with Aggie here because she's trying in this situation. What we what we learn that is that if a witch doesn't start her training by Halloween of her 13th year, she loses all of her magical powers. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and she even says flat out, like, that's usually when they're finishing their training, not just starting. Right. So she's late. Although she's... grandma also maintains, I didn't come here to, you know, let the kids undermine you. There's something going on back home. Right, Tom? She does. But the, the where I'm getting at with this is the, the Marnie's mom is making decisions for her daughter that greatly affect her daughter's entire, not just her daughter's life, but her daughter's descendants' lives. And that seems really, I had a hard time with that. Usually I side with the parent over the grandparent because in our house, my in-laws undermine my parenting every chance they can. And so does my mom. Like when my in-laws come over and it's time to leave and Ellie learns that if she pitches a fit, grandma and papa will stay later. 
Whereas I mm. say, if you pitch a fit, that means you automatically in my, in, in my rules are if, if Ellie starts yelling, screaming, throwing a temper tantrum, whatever, whatever she wants, she does not get. It's a matter of principle, even if there's no good reason for it, other than the fact that your behavior negates your ability to get something. But grandma gives in all the time, very much uh, undermining us. So we have a lot of problems with that. Yet surprisingly, I still side with Aggie here. So Aggie tells them the story. We see this rando brunette flying on a broomstick that the brother thinks is hot, but everybody else thinks looks like his sister, which is mildly... Yeah, disturbing. I, I yeah. thought that same thing when I was watching. I was like, she's way cuter than you. Like, dude, that's your sister. But you never caught that when you were a kid, did you? No, yeah. I, I didn't. That wasn't a problem. That wasn't a problem. <laughs> brother, brother love was fine back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... Marnie goes downstairs and she overhears grandma and mom arguing. Watches grandma turn a what leftover chicken back into a chicken. Yeah, I thought that was very funny when she better on the bone. It stores better on the bone, and she does it with the cluck, like she does a clucking in the wing yeah. motion, and I like that. That was cute. I think it would have been funnier if the chicken was like missing its wings or like missing a leg or something, because oh my gosh, obviously not everything would go back on the chicken because some of it's been digested, right? <laughs> yep. But she hears this and then she overhears them talking all about her being magic and everything. And she's like, oh, all this stuff with Halloween Town was probably true. So she goes to follow grandma and her brother goes with her. Well, not yet. So she also overhears grandma telling mom there's a something wrong Dark in Halloween horse. Town. Uh, neighbors are changing and becoming nastier and then disappearing. And she needs another Cromwell witch because they're supposed to be like the most powerful, like bloodline. Right. And she needs another Cromwell witch to help figure it out and, you know, save Halloween town from whatever dark forces invading it. Uh And mom is like, Nope, I don't have, she basically says, I don't have a stake in this, which really upsets grandma. Yep. And she, that's when grandma kind of, you know, wipes their hands and leaves she's that hurts her clearly well obviously that's that's the whole mentality that we see is pervasive into this society where that's not my problem somebody so, else will deal with it so did because aggie mentions now that i forgot the guy's name but your husband has passed on you should move home did they did she i know he was immortal that's how they met but did, was he the one trying to keep the kids from learning that heritage or is it mom it's mom okay yeah it seemed like mom we don't we're not even told if he knew she was a witch or not got it got it got it okay i wasn't sure so marnie and her brother go follow grandma aggie and they find this rando bus bus stop right and they're like where'd this come from and (laughs) then this magical bus comes out of the sky and they do what any anybody who sees this happen would do and they sneak on on through the back door okay problem number one like no door alarm nitpick (laughs) number one nobody notices these kids sneak on the back even though they're talking loud and then start screaming as a bus descends later on and also the kids don't notice sophie also climb on which you find out because she would have either had to get on the front or the back next to them that was weird to me the Sophie but, thing they never they never explained 
uh, which I kind of respect. They just lean into it. They're like, eh, she got on there somehow, and here she is. I also, okay, this is also the first time you really get a good look at the people of Halloween Town, like the people on this bus, and you realize, oh man, Disney had a made-for-TV budget for sure. They didn't I mean, at first. Did you did you see that? No. The budget was between 20 and $30 million, but when they went to film, it got cut to less than four. Ooh. And they said, you know what? This is such a cool story. The storyline's fun. We're going to make ends meet. And you know what? There's something very endearing about the handmade aesthetic. <laughs> I am going characters. to say it probably works for the age group they're going for. You don't want anything too like scary. Obviously, it's for kids. Uh, it works for but me. I for it's me. I yeah. So for me, even with the nostalgia goggles, I was thinking to myself, I love this story. I love the plot. I love the whole concept of this being a whole Halloween town, right? But I would have liked to have seen it maybe with that theatrical budget where they could have done more with it. And maybe with a slightly more, uh, obviously the family tone, but maybe more the tone of Hocus Pocus where it could be more enjoyed by adults too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think I, I would have liked to have seen that version of the movie. But again, I find I like this movie. I find it endearing. But I mean, the costumes, watching it now, like, whoo. Like, they only had, the co- they only had half the time, clearly, budget for the face. Because then when you look at their arms and legs, their human arms and legs. Mm-hmm. It's a little rough. Yeah. And I agree with you, though, about the target demographic for this. Ellie loves this show. None of that bothers her at all. No, I, yeah, it didn't bother me as a kid either. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's good. That's great that she loves it. She but does. that goblin, that goblin dude made me laugh because he had this scaly green face and everything, then arms like me, like human arms. <laughs> thank you, for, thank you for specifying that you have human arms. I really appreciate that. I was gonna ask what kind of arms you had. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) (laughs) oh and so this is the first time we see the town and we see the giant pumpkin which is the icon of all that is halloween town right yes but it's dark now because the very first shot of the movie was it lit up and glowing and then the candle going out yeah the town looks beautiful, though. The town looks like everything I want out of a fall. Mm-hmm. And nothing like what I have right now at home. That's true. And it's it's very like, um, you know, the cars are old timey and stuff. It's like a it's yeah. like an older type town. And I like that because, you know, it's their older creatures. Right. Aggie tells that story like they created this own world like years ago because yep humans and magic didn't mix humans are afraid of them and hated them and they in turn hated the humans so they just decided to split off from our world mm-hmm. and i like that whole mythology mm-hmm. yeah it's fun it is fun that they created this and and the the intent of creating this town is good the monsters didn't want to fight humans they wanted everybody to just be able to coexist but there were obviously some forces who wanted to subjugate humanity from the beginning So the kids are walking around. They end up getting... Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. 
No, I was just going to make a joke, and we're not just talking Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) The kids meet Benny. They end up, or they meet Calabar. And Calabar finds out that they are Cromwells. And And Calabar is the mayor, and he's very charming. He loves the kids. Very charming. He, I love his outfit, like uh, how it's like this black outfit, but all the orange ties and like the orange, like the Halloween aesthetic of the outfit. I thought that was very cool. A nice touch. Mm-hmm. They made Calabar pretty cool. So they he do. ends up, he ends up winning the kids over. They think he's great. He gets Benny. We meet Benny, the robotic skeleton taxi driver, who I think is probably everybody's favorite character, right? He's got the bad jokes. Oh, yeah, the really bad dad jokes. I think they're called dead jokes in his case. <laughs> so we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know where Aggie lives over the river through the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the kids are. They go to Grandma Aggie's house. Kinda can't believe that they're at, that this is their grandma's house. Somebody else want to start talking for a bit? I've been doing all the talking. Grandma is not in a rush to return them home either. Which you know, if I was Gwen, the her daughter would piss me off too, which we'll get to in a little while. Because Grandma is not in a rush, and as long as she gets them home by midnight in the mortal world, because but time works differently in Halloween Town. Days can pass while only hours pass. So that's the movie's logic for, you know, there's no ticking clock in Halloween Town, really. Um, so Grandma is making, <laughs> she she tells them, she tells the kids the same story she told uh, Gwen back home, that there's an evil force. And what she, she has Merlin's talisman, though, and is making a potion for it to light it up because she thinks the light will restore goodness to Halloween Town, essentially. But she uses instant mix and the talisman doesn't work. That was funny. She was she cute. used a bunch of she had a cauldron and she was using instant mix. He did it up in the microwave, put it in the talisman. The talisman glowed for like a second and then went out. And she was all frustrated Powder. like fiddlesticks. Powder. What was the name of her what was the name of her microwave? That. Double double boil and trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, she her did butt. double double yeah. toil trouble. Toil trouble on the microwave, yeah. <laughs> yep, that which was cute. So they decide to she says, Well just have to get the ingredients the old fashioned way and go into town and buy them. Like the actual stuff. Mm-hmm. So they go into town and immediately Well, first she takes them for ice cream where they run into Calabar again. And Calabar, he knows how to charm these kids. He keeps, he has this ongoing joke with Sophie, calling her Soapy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he can do the sleight of hand tricks, like pull out a lollipop or a sundae for her, gives it, to, uh, gives it to the kids. And Aggie takes him aside and says, Calabar, something dark is happening here. You know, I need help trying to figure out what's going on because something is affecting Halloween Town. Because we got an example of it, too. So when Aggie first got off the bus, upon coming home, she runs into her friend, who is so nice and normal and everything. But later on, she runs into her on the street, and she's turned into this, like, vicious-looking hag who doesn't she, have time of day for her. She hisses at yeah. her for some reason. <laughs> yeah. 
And Calabar says, you know, Aggie, I didn't take you seriously at first, but I think something might be right. Just give me two days, two days to look into it. Two days. You know, you don't want to get involved in this, especially with the kids here. You don't want to put them in danger. Right. And you don't really, Aggie agrees with, agrees to his face, but you can tell she's going to get involved. And that's when she realizes Marnie has found the brooms. <laughs> and these brooms are like, they're stylized. not Harry Potter brooms. No, they're not Hocus Pocus brooms either. They're like sweeping brooms. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care for that. No, and they were like all different colors with different like carved handles. Like they were trying to be cool. But I guess yeah. if you're a kid watching it, you probably think, "Oh, that's awesome." Um, and she takes out what looks like the equivalent of a would be the Nimbus Two Thousand. I think it even has a number on it as well. And Aggie takes her for her first flying lesson, and I. I mean, the CGI is bad. This is my favorite quote in the movie when they're <laughs> flying. And she wonder, wants to know, um, well, one of my favorite quotes. She wants to know how she's flying. And she says, you know, dear, magic is very, really very simple. All you have to do is want something and let yourself have it. And I love that. Well, that is neat. Yeah. So were, like you, were you a big fan of The Secret then, Anthony? The, sp- <laughs> the book, <laughs> The Secret? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't say that I was, although I know it's the same concept. um so they land and sophie wants her turn and that's when gwen has showed up because gwen has realized that the kids snuck out of the house and had assumed essentially that grandma (laughs) kidnapped them all (laughs) and uh julia what happens next gwen's not happy she's not happy no like, she's not happy. And I felt this in my heart, by the way. Like, I would have been super ticked as well. Um, so mom shows up and mom is super ticked um, because she feels like grandma has violated. Like, she doesn't put any of the onus on her kids for sneaking after them. She goes, like, right for the jugular for grandma. Which is totally unfair, but like I also get when you're angry and you totally lose it. Reason. Well, I think there were I, and I think part of it is that she doesn't imagine there's a way the kids could have got there by themselves. I right. She's assuming Aggie brought them with her on purpose, right? Right. She is assuming that, but I don't know. Again, Um, I'm with you. I would have probably made the same assumption and been just as angry. Well, she also is angry because, like, and and Aggie can tell, too, because Aggie quickly says, I was going to bring them back, dear. Like, it's not only that the kids were here, even if the kids snuck out on their own, it's that Grandma immediately didn't bring them back home. Yeah. She's angry about that as well, which, totally understandable. Right. It is. Um, so their argument takes them into, was it a movie theater? So what so what happens that, is sorry Tom, you can go. Nope, go right ahead. So what happens is, um, first of all, Marnie Marnie and Mom get in this huge fight. Like Marnie's like, I'm a witch. You can't tell me what to do. I want to learn magic. I'm gonna stay here with grandma. And <laughs> Gwen ends the argument by saying, You're grounded. And that's <laughs> that's enough for the 13-year-old. She cries and says goodbye to grandma and storms off. And uh, <laughs> Marnie 
uh, not Marnie. Gwen takes Ugh. the kids. They're going to catch the bus home. Such but a parent uh, answer, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the bus isn't running. There's technical tr- There's technical troubles, and Marty's like, "Well, I guess we just have to. Uh, I guess we just have to stay here with Grandma." But Dylan, oh Dylan, he's like, "Hey, that mayor guy seemed really nice. Maybe we can go talk to him, and he can help us." <laughs> and Gwen is like, "Yes, thank you, Dylan. Good idea." So they go to City Hall. And we, this is where we find out Calabar knows Gwen, and Calabar is so happy to see her. And it's very clear the two of them used to date, <laughs> which Marnie points out, like, it's obvious he's her ex-boyfriend. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of flirting on his part, at least, you know, he gives her the rose. And even Mom seems a little enamored with him and happy to see him. <laughs> but midway through the conversation, he has to... Uh, step out he gets a message saying he has to step out and he'll be right back and to wait there now while this is going on grandma is upset about the whole fight and luke who we luke who is this neighborhood like tough guy the big cheese as he calls himself which oh my god that line of dialogue where he calls himself the big cheese and marnie has that stupid comeback like so 90s so 90s um he's like hey, uh hey i know i have powerful friends and i know who's doing all this stuff in halloween town and he wants to meet you and aggie's like well bring me to him so she, he takes her to this old abandoned movie theater and through the window gwen and the grandchildren see and go after her and in this theater there are a bunch of what look like dead bodies but they're really frozen with a spell and it's actually kind of creepy i think for it a is kids creepy movie. they're just kind of they're sitting they're sitting there covered in dust and cobwebs and it's mm-hmm. dark and where the screen would be it's this swirling vortex yes. and um out of it comes this demonic looking his face actually looks like a scarecrow almost yeah. and he comes out and he tells Aggie, he wants the talisman. You know, join me. I want the talisman and mm-hmm. I won't hurt you. And of course, she's like, never. And the two of them start fighting. And that's when Gwen walks in with the kids. And Gwen pushes Grandma out of the way and takes a hit. The guy takes a hit and comes becomes frozen in place. Mm-hmm. And then Grandma takes a hit too. And then. Before he can get the grandchildren, Sophie opens the door, and it turns out the light hurts him, and he kind of retreats as they go out into the sunlight. And uh, I must ask Julia here, uh, because this is your first time seeing it through completely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it obvious to you who this demon was from the get-go? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember even as a kid, I thought it was very obvious because okay, I, I figured it had to, I figured it had to be somebody, you know, and they didn't have a lot of like extra right. characters who it could have been. Right. <laughs> was it obvious to you, Tom? It, it very much was. I okay. think probably, I mean, the, the big, the big deal was that he had to, he left right before we meet this weirdo right. guy. Right. Right. So, yeah. 
And <laughs> I love how Aggie doesn't freeze right away either as they're going out. She's like, don't be scared. Go, go. And I'm like, oh, man, this is over dramatic. <laughs> they go out into the sunlight and this is where the kids resolve. You know what? We need to finish making that potion for Merlin's talisman and uh-huh. save we'll Grandma and Mom. And Hol- yep. Yeah. So they have the recipe. They need ghost sweat, a vampire praying, and werewolf fur. This I is love this the, scene. I love these. I was these. about to say, this is the part I liked the least because of how bad the makeup job was. On well, like, the ghost them. was really funny, like, trapping a ghost into a sweat thing. Like, why wouldn't he just walk through? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I did find it funny when they opened it. He was, like, 100 pounds thinner. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am ready for that sauna. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. And then the werewolf <laughs> with the clippers. He was like, no, 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 don't do that. And then they shave the poor was, guy. Take a big chunk Which is a practical it. effect. And the uh, fire hairdryer, that's practical. That hairdryer, according to Kimberly J. Brown, was not an illusion. It was a real hairdryer that blew fire. And then the vampire, they went to the dentist, right? And the tooth fairy right. was this giant, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know Very what he was, creature. but... I, yeah, and I was watching it with Sarah, and she was like, is that what you're going to look like in 40 years? And I was like, wow, that's harsh. No, six years. <laughs> and yeah, a scary well, looking creature just happens to be the tooth fairy, he said. And I'm so confused at why this vampire isn't more distraught at the fact that she now has one fang. Because like, you only ache. get two of them. But, but... Like, don't they need both of their fangs for for efficient blood removal, which is their sustenance? I mean, I'm so confused by that. Like, she's not bothered at all. She's just happy it doesn't hurt again, which I get. Toothaches are no fun. But, like, that's one of your well, fangs, after- girl. Maybe don't pull it. Maybe get, like, an implant or something. And remember back at the house, that was a concern. They had to put the garlic out for the vampire. For the vampires. away. Right, yeah. and she's just as kind as can be. But uh, Very I'm more concerned with the fact that imagine you're a kid putting your tooth under the pillow for the tooth fairy and that guy shows up in the middle yeah. of the night. That's, oof. No, thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they get when they get all the ingredients, they decide go, they're going home to make the potion. Mm-hmm. And Benny shows up in his cab and he's like hey kids get on in i'll drive you home yeah. and sophie who is the smartest of these kids the whole time she, is. she has some kind of oh, like premonition sixth sense thing yeah the whole gate opening thing earlier in the movie made me laugh very much Sorry. yeah thought that was yeah. so funny yeah you get the sense like i would have liked in the sequels to follow her more because you get the sense she was pretty powerful <laughs> but yeah. um she seems to have a better she, command of her magic than Marnie does, too, at this point. Yeah, she's real natural. Right? And she, Im- and she immediately and senses that. I imagined that... the lock was a frog. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and she immediately recognizes that something's wrong with Benny. She said the bad thing's in him. And sure enough, Benny starts like, get in the car, kids. Like he's a creepy guy offering candy to lure them into his van. So Benny tries, like, legitimately pulling Dylan into the car, and then Sophie, the smart girl, unties a dog, and the dog chases after the skeleton angel. Because bones. Yep. 
So what happens when they go home? When they go back to Aggie's house, right? Yeah, yeah. When they get back to Grandma's house. They get back to Grandma's house and they make this concoction. They, they, they make the potion from what they're supposed to, but Marnie doesn't remember the incantation. Don't worry, though. Sophie is here to save the day. And Sophie remembers the incantation. Sophie and Marnie do the incantation and Merlin's talisman becomes a light again, right? Yep. And so, Marnie realizes that they have to put it back in the jack-o'-lantern. Mm-hmm. I forgot so how she jumps to that conclusion, though. I you thought Grandma had said something about it earlier, didn't she? I didn't think so. I thought I thought maybe it's from the book or something. I forget how. But either way, she realizes she needs to put the talisman in the jack-o'-lantern to save Halloween Town. Uh, it was probably Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> So they go to do this, they go to do this and they find Luke in the town and Luke's like, Hey, he said he wasn't going to hurt your family. I'm so sorry. I want to do what's right. And so they tell him what they're trying, that they're trying to get the, the talisman back to the pumpkin and he says he'll help. So we see Marnie walking through the crowd and well, well, first Calabar appears well, first in the sky. demon appears in the sky on top of City Hall and he removes his mat. Well, he reveals to Halloween Town his plan, right? That they want he's they're not gonna live in a pale imitation of a world anymore. They're gonna go back to the real world and subjugate the mortals and not hide in disguise anymore. And that's when he like takes off his mask and reveals himself to be Calabar. Which most <gasps> obvious reveal in a movie ever. <laughs> I don't know I, about I, you all. But I was shocked and or amazed. I cast out loud. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I know I've, I've criticized a few times during this conversation, like the costuming and makeup. I thought his costume was pretty effective for the most part. Even if the effects of him just glide hot, hovering there were kind of bad. I liked his costume. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. And I liked Aggie's cloak and dress and everything, too. I thought that was awesome. I really mm-hmm. didn't like how cheesy and hokey Marnie's witch's robes were, though. Yeah, I didn't care for hers. Well, wasn't that her Halloween costume? No, that's what Marnie, that's what Aggie pulled out. That's what Aggie brought for her. Oh. Yeah, well, I guess like he brought her the real deal. Like if you're getting a Halloween costume from Halloween Town, like that's like, that's like legit. Right? Yeah, yeah if, you're, that's true. if you're, if your witch grandma pulls out a witch's costume for you that she magically ported to you from another dimension. Yeah, it should probably not look like it is made from the same material that my costume as one of the wise men in a nativity play in fourth grade looked like. Okay, fair point. Fair point. Oddly specific, I know, but it drives the point home. <laughs> so while Calabar is giving this speech, this is where you said we see Marnie, Tom, start making her way through the crowd, right? We do. And Calabar sees her and calls her out and she doesn't stop. So Calabar zaps her. But wait, it's not Marnie wearing the cheesy robe. Well, this is when he also does this superhero jump and landing in front of her, too. <laughs> like he literally <laughs> jumps off. <laughs> That's literally how he sounded too. Yeah. But he he lands on the ground in front of her crumpled form and pulls back the robes and who's in there? It is none other than Luke. 
The bad boy redeemed himself. He does. And before, when Calabar realizes this, he looks over to the jack-o'-lantern and Marnie's already on top. But then Lamarty gets zapped. She gets zapped before she can drop Merlin's talisman into the pumpkin. But she remembers what the magic is, right? Yeah, as she's kind of losing consciousness, she remembers her grandmother's, you know, all you have to do is want something and let yourself have it. And she drops the talisman and it lands perfectly in the jack-o'-lantern, which glows and lights up the whole town. And everyone who is frozen wakes up again, mm-hmm. including Aggie and Gwen. Yes. Who come to town square. And they see that their family has saved the day. The power of the Cromwell witches. But it's not over yet. Because Calabar is like. He zaps a talisman out of the jack-o'-lantern and grabs it for himself. But now he's got the power of not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. (laughs) But five Cromwell witches. (laughs) <laughs> we have a secret reveal here right oh my oh, god no, that's that line where he's like you think you're a match for me and she's like well me plus my mom plus my grandma plus my <laughs> sister plus my brother and i'm like oh my gosh so cheesy but i remember was as a kid kid thinking hell yeah <laughs> it was almost as cheesy as me uh my my reveal there right Yes, I see what you did there. I did see what you did there. Yeah, I I was pretty proud of it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Because, yes, we see a reveal because Dylan's like, that guy, why I oughta. And then his fingers start sparking. (laughs) And they're like, wait, you're magic too. No, I'm not. Uh, And this is a corny scene. He's very resistant to the whole thing. Oh, he is. I mean, the whole time he thinks he's in like a fever dream. Yeah, he does. I'm just going to commit to it because it's a dream. So it's fine. Oh my God. And then we get the cheesiest moment in the film where they all take hands and just start going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the whole time Calabar is laughing in their face until Dylan finally joins in. And then the light from the talisman grow- glows <laughs> and overpowers Calabar, makes him disappear and die. I guess that's what happened. Calabar's dead. Yeah, he's gone. Well, I, mean, I don't know why he. Not him. I don't know why he didn't just drop the talisman and run away. I also don't understand if the Cromwell, if the Cromwell line of witches is supposed to be the most powerful. How is Calabar able to resist so many of them? I think it was supposed to be a comment on how powerful he is, too. Right. I guess it seems weird, bro. I mean, it's like Harry Potter, right? Where Dumbledore is the most powerful wizard ever, but Voldemort can hold his own in a duel. Mm-hmm. At least fight and, to a draw, right? And Harry's better than both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a topic for another conversation. <laughs> that's a topic for another time. I would argue that. Oh. And we are done, and now... Gwen agrees to let magic be a part of the life of her daughters. Well, so she, I have questions about this. So she asks Aggie to come live with her. 
right? So she can be around the kids more and all of that stuff. But does that mean she's giving up her home except for one day a year? No. No. I think think they decide – I think because I thought the bus thing was just something that had been in place. I think the bus is going to run all year round now, right? Oh. Okay. Well, if that's true then, does that mean prior to this she only saw her grandkids one day – one day a year, a single day. Correct. Yep. Okay. So, but, and she would, she only shows up when it's dark outside. And so that means really she only sees her grandkids and her own daughter for like six hours a year. Not even because the kids go to sleep. Remember well, yeah. she had to go read, she had to go read her 13 year old granddaughter a bedtime story. <laughs> yeah, so she rolls up in there and like packs the town and is preparing for vampires, but apparently all vampires are nice and just go to the doctor when their fangs are sore. But she that was curious to me. But I don't kids don't I, that, think that of was that, cur- so it's totally fine. But that was curious to me too. And the only thing I can rationalize in my adult brain, Julia, is that like, well, Maybe the bus doesn't run until dark when kids are actually trick-or-treating. Which right? totally makes sense, right? It wouldn't run yeah. during the day, I wouldn't think. Or maybe he right. had other stuff to do. And so, also, <laughs> all the monsters that are on the bus, what were they doing in the real world? They can go back because nobody recognizes them in the real world. But what were they doing? Were they trick-or-treating? They were scaring people. That one guy was saying, like, they don't, don't get any respect Oh, they anymore. don't get scared anymore. That's right. So then, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, remember they had a Jerry Springer joke? That guy was did. like, no That's respect. <laughs> I summon a demon from the underworld, and a kid tells me, hey, I saw the same thing on Jerry Springer last week. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. So, that. Julia, I'm curious now. Yes. Because we have reached the end of the film here. What is it exactly? I know Tom and I have nostalgia for it, but for you, you have none. Is it the story you don't like? Is it the uh, quote unquote cheapness of the look of it? Like, what is it exactly that you don't find as endearing as Tom and I? I think it's all of it. Um. I really think this is one of those. Genuinely hate the essence of. Everything that this movie is. <laughs> I didn't say hey at all. <laughs> I, I know, think um, so. I think a lot of it also has to do with my Halloween witch family story is Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this feels like a cheap Hocus Pocus to me because I don't have any nostalgia for it whatsoever. You feel like, like none. A cheap Hocus Pocus to me. And I <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't. I, I think this is one of those where you've got to have that built-in nostalgia that yeah, I don't think you can step into this as an adult and appreciate it for what it is. So I just don't. Well, yeah, no, I, I can see that. And it's like I said earlier, I would like to, I would like to have seen what this movie could have been with the Hocus Pocus type budget if they were making it theatrically. Mm-hmm. And maybe that similar tone where it was just a tiny bit less kitty and had a few more like, subtle adult jokes yes. in there like hocus pocus had you, you want, know you want virgins in it is that what you're saying there, there wasn't enough focus on the virginity of the children 
Well, I mean, not only that, like, I mean, Aggie could have talked about, you know, uh, <laughs> her husband who slept with her sister, who she then ended up killing and sewing his mouth shut and burying alive. I don't know. That could have worked, too. Also, also perplexing to me that my mother let me watch Hocus Pocus, but she did not let me watch this. That is very perplexing because yeah, there's no twenty times more innocent. <laughs> the only difference is one has Bette Midler and one doesn't, and I'm pretty sure that was enough for my mom to be like, "I'm good, Bette Midler." But De- it's fine. That's interesting though because Debbie Reynolds is just as big as Bette Re- Midler. Uh, not in our family. No, we were absolutely, positively huge Bette Midler fans growing up. So I would imagine that's. That's where Hocus Pocus was okay, but this was not. Ah, got it. That makes sense. Plus, I mean, it's you got to also keep Bette in mind Midler, that... It's good enough for my family. Uh, Halloween was fairly low-key in my house, right? Because of my mom. And um, so she wasn't pushing a ton of Halloween content. Hocus Pocus just slipped mm-hmm. by because of the cast. Probably. So I guess we're starting a whole new list, correct? Oh. Wait, well, well, before before we even get to that, I do want to say, like... I just I do want to say one more time because based on what Julia said, like this is one of those. Normally, I'm adamantly against remakes, but I wouldn't mind seeing this one remade. I really wouldn't. I love this movie, but I would like to see what it could be as well, if that makes sense. But I, can I, agree that, I like. But I still want to see some of the cheesiness. Like I want the same. I really want the same pumpkin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I want the town to look the same. I would love to still the old-timey cars and everything. Like, but just, like, I don't know, just enough money to make the characters and the monsters look a little more real. Like, it's still look endearing, but just make it look a little more natural, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Nostalgia glasses or not, I still really enjoyed revisiting this, Tom. I'm so glad you picked this one. I am too. I'm really glad we all, well, I'm glad that uh, you and I came to an agreement on it. And I'm glad Julia doesn't hate it. No, I definitely don't hate it. Did any of your kids try watching it with you, Julia? No, timing didn't work out this week for that. Um, I would be interested to see if Gabe would like it. I could see Gabe liking it quite a bit. Do you still think it's, like, a little too scary for Jude? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Ellie watched it last year for the first time. She watched this, and she watched Hocus Pocus and was okay, surprisingly, with both. But okay. not witches. No. I still can't What's watch that? witches and be okay. I think this movie is scarier than hocus pocus i'll give it that the look of calabar in that costume and then all the like frozen bodies i think that's scarier than anything we saw in hocus pocus william was a little scary but then they redeem him by making him so funny right like they turned william who was scary into a comedic role which i think is what made him who's william oh billy 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 butcherson billy yeah william billy yep yep yeah no that's true he yeah 100 percent yeah, I but I, I do. I love this movie. It's it's wholesome. It's fun. It's good for the family, and it kicks off. It kicks off Halloween. I do love Hocus Pocus more. I'm not gonna lie. Yep. But um, but this has a Halloween feel that a lot of movies don't. Right. Like yeah. a lot of movies that TV that uh, TV airs around Halloween are just horror films because there's not a lot of Halloween 
dedicated films like there are Christmas films, right? Mm-hmm. There's Halloween Town, there's Peanuts, there's Hocus Pocus. There's not otherwise like Adam's Family has nothing to do with Halloween, for example, but that's always on Beetlejuice, you know? Right. Um, so just... I think this gets bonus points for me for being such a Halloween film and feeling so Halloweeny. You just hit the nail on the head for me and, and gave, enabled me to put into words why I love this movie so much. I think it's got the feel of what I always dreamed as a kid Halloween would be. Hmm. If that makes sense. It's got the feel of everything magical for Halloween that you wanted as a kid, right? And yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I'm sure this comes as no surprise to anybody at all, but I'm coming in at a 10. It's a perfect movie. What about you, Julia? I'm going to come in at a 4.5. Ooh. And Anthony loved this movie, so he's coming in at a solid two. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm going to come in at at 8.5, which gives us a 7.67. Just oof, Which is uh, respectable, I think. Let us know what you think about this. Is this a movie that you watch in your everyday life? Uh, Is this a part of your Halloween season at home? Let us know on any of our social media outlets. Go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook. Facebook group, which is by far our coolest place. Reddit, Instagram, or Twitter. Give us your thoughts. Tell us how you feel about this. Is there some movie that we missed that has this quintessential Halloween feel for you? And since we are now in Halloween scary month, Anthony, you want to tell us what else listeners can get as a bonus? Uh, if you if you want bonus episodes, go to patreon.com slash podcast or tisapodcast.com slash Patreon. You will have uh, from now through the end of October a bonus horror Halloween themed episode per week. Uh this past week, we dropped our Nightmare Before Christmas live watch that I did. Sorry, Julia. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> next week, um, I forget which one. I scheduled so many so far in advance, but there's something coming next week. So <laughs> keep your eye open. Uh, at some, Can I also plug one more thing? Go for it. Thursday in our main feed two days away you will hear the latest installment of another Christmas story an original work by one Anthony Caruso serially read each week by a different person in the Christmas podcast network or Christmas or tis the podcast fan and this week you unfortunately have to listen to me ramble through this but I promise this is the last time I'm reading so if I am a deterrent, know that if you can plug through this week, you don't have to hear my voice on there again. That's not true. I have to read again? <laughs> <laughs> Only because I wanted the three of us to round it out at the end. Damn it, I thought I was so funny. Okay. <laughs> um, while you mentioned it, yes. You know, uh, I am astounded by the amount of talent within our Facebook group. And the Christmas Podcast Network, just what people have brought in terms of voices and stuff. And I do want to shout out last week's reader, uh, listener Kendall, who <laughs> she says I tricked her because I asked, hey, someone dropped out. Can you read this week's chapter? And she said, sure. Neglected to mention there was singing in that chapter. So she <gasps> said I tricked her. But she did 
awesome and she was such a good sport about it so listen Ooh, if you i'm excited to hear that one <laughs> uh i think i've said this before i am not following along each week because i hate being forced to wait for things i have the patience i have the patience of a puppy <laughs> and so when i started reading this i'm reading these characters and i'm like what in the heck has happened <laughs> I don't know. Am I reading the same story? There's a lot I missed. So I'm looking forward to going back and listening in in December. But I'm also finding myself re-recording because I'm finding out, oh, crap, that person's supposed to have a British accent. So, or I'm sorry, well, that person's supposed to have a British dialect. So uh, if you are behind a few or 37 weeks, uh, maybe go back and listen. listen uh, so you're not as confused as I am right now. Y'all, I am, so speaking of movies that are shown on TV a lot during Halloween, but are not necessarily Halloween, I'm very excited for next week's movie. We are covering 1996's Scream. You are excited about that one. I am excited about it. I know Tom's not a huge fan and Julia hasn't seen it still yet. Nope, sure haven't. And I'm very curious to see what you think. I think it could go either way with you, Julia, because I think it's like black comedy enough. You might like it. Yep. But I could see it going the other way, too. So I'll be very curious because either way, I have a lot to say about Scream. I haven't seen that movie in like 25, probably 24 years. So there's no telling what I'm actually going to think. Yeah, well, it's definitely like Sarah calls it a quintessential 90s movie. So, I mean... We'll see. That is what I but, expect. Uh, but it, it um, this is yeah. Where... I can't believe I can't believe it's been twenty five years. It's returning to theaters this upcoming October for its anniversary. So I don't know if it's before we record or after, but either way, I'm going to try to see it in theaters again. Okay. Well, Quick theaters where... for the first time. This is where Courtney Cox met David Arquette, right? Correct. Okay. So have you seen what AMC is doing, um, at least the month of October? It could extend past, but probably not. Where you, I think they're like Thursday evenings, you can go for $5 and get tickets to a scary movie. But they don't tell you what the movie is. So you just like show up and you sit in the theater and then whatever movie starts is the movie that you're watching. And it's scary no. movies. Yeah, I got an email I, about it. And how cool does that sound? I love that, that sounds awesome. so much. And I think they have it broken into different categories. Like you can pick a super scary or like a mildly scary so that you're not Can like, you pick? Can you pick like, um, is that the only categories you could pick from? Like, could you pick like slasher versus monster, for example? I don't remember it being that granular, but I think it was called... Um, like thrills and chills, you should look it up and see if you can find if it's in your market. I totally will because that sounds awesome. But I, like I said, I'm excited to see Scream on the big screen for the first time because I wasn't old enough to see the first three of them on the big screen. I saw four in theaters. You were if your parents loved you enough. Oh, I have a story. I have a very vivid memory of the first time I watched Scream, which I'll, uh, you know, tell Share next, next week. week. Yep. But the week after, I'm also very excited, and this will probably be Julia's favorite in October up to that point. We're covering Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Oh, I'm jazzed about that. I am too. I'm just going to go ahead and call it now. That's going to be another 10, y'all. Yeah, that'll be a 10. I'm throwing out 10s all October. You get a 10. (laughs) You get a 10. 
Tom, I want you to think back to the first year, our first few months of Tis the Podcast, where you said Charlie Brown was going down, going to be taken down by Rudolph because you were going to give Rudolph a 10. And then you did not. I have watched Garfield enough. And I've revisited Garfield and everything we've done for Garfield has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not arguing with you. So fingers crossed. I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel like weeping after we, I, I, after I murder something that the, my inner child loved. I felt like, I still feel like with the Rudolph episode, I haven't gone back to listen to it. Cause I feel like I took my puppy out in the backyard and shot it. <laughs> it, it made it made my my younger self watch. Oh, I feel so like uh, this first edition of Spooky Month is really fun, and I can't wait for the rest of the month. Especially, you know, because we do have guest stars this month too, which I've mentioned before. But Ron Hogan and Jay Skipworth covering Halloween with us, which is going to be amazing. So oh, it'll be a good I time. Like those we guys. can just sit back and let them fill in all the details. We just need to take their episode of Scream where they covered it on the Filmstrip podcast and just stick it in our feed. Now we're going to go to Jay and Ron as they discuss. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I'm going to listen to that episode again beforehand because they had a lot of good tidbits in there. I'm going to come on pretending I'm like Mr. Smarty Pants Best Scream when really I got it from their research. (laughs) You know... (laughs) You know how you know how you know that I'm Mr. Smarty Pants? How? I can tell you there are only 1992 hours left until Christmas. That is only 83 days. That's 11 weeks, y'all. Oh my god, we are going to be in single digits soon. But you know what that. it also That's is? Okay. <laughs> That's only 27 days until Halloween. I feel like we should have had that lined up for this month but we didn't oh yeah that's true 27 days till halloween yep i may agree with that uh, help us this month tune in to our patreon listen every week and help us keep that halloween spirit alive for the next 27 days of october (laughs) bye bye Bye, y'all and remember being normal is vastly overrated (laughs) 